when I first started American Airlines, I launched that website and we had $3 million of advertising and I blew it. And it was scheduled to be, well, we actually spent the money. USA Today, I want to say New York Times, Wall Street Journal, launching AA.com, this new website. You come and book tickets and all that. Guess what happened on the day that all those ads ran in the newspapers? The website didn't work. Well, guess whose fault that was? You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. So today we have with us Dennis Yu. And Dennis has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and NPR is the co-founder of Blitzmetrics, a company that has made over a billion dollars on Facebook ads, powering today's largest brands, including the Golden State Warriors, Nike, and MGM. He's also the co-author of Facebook Nation, a textbook taught in over 700 colleges and universities. Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure, Brian. Good to hang out. <laughs> Definitely, man. So, Dennis, man, if I was, if I was a friend growing up with you, uh, what would I say about you? Oh, that Dennis guy, he doesn't sleep. I heard that. <laughs> because people would say, you know, if you cut Dennis open, you would find there was like metal underneath. He must be a robot because the guy works all the time. And I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't watch porn. I don't gamble. I'm not interested <laughs> in buying luxury toys. I just like to do stuff. And I'm always out doing stuff. Man, that's crazy. So you're saying like when you were growing up, you were the same way? Like what were you doing? What were you involved in? I was reading books at the library. I was always inquisitive, hanging out with the parents of friends and asking them. For example, one of my friends, his father funded Best Buy and Costco. His name was Bill. He's a billionaire. That's, wow. I think this, this, actually his name is William, but I call him Bill as a billionaire. And I'd ask him, like, why did you just buy 50,000 shares of, of Best Buy? And, or why did you buy this other company? Or explain to me what's going on in the market. Why did it go up or down? And I've always treated every situation as an amazing learning opportunity. So everything has been mentorship for me. And I put myself in situations where I can learn from other people who are way smarter, way more experienced than I am. And that's just how I've always been. I guess the, the good Asian student in me has never really left the school. Man, that's awesome. So would you say a lot of this is attributed to your upbringing, like your parents sort of instilled this into yeah. you, or was it something else? A lot of it came from my parents. My mom, she quit her job to have me. And a lot of parents don't do that. They just put their kids in daycare. Nothing wrong with that. But I remember even when I was six or seven and I was just starting to learn how to speak English, she would take me on field trips and we go to museums and I would get paid a dollar for every book that I read. And I went to Chinese school on Saturday. So I had an extra day of school. And I remember thinking, man, I have an advantage over all those other kids in school because they're not getting that extra day of learning. And so uh -huh. every week I get that extra day of learning. And I was the kid that all the other kids hated, loved to hate because I would blow them out of the water on the test course. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so what was this? Was this sort of like your competitiveness, you know, wanting to have an advantage over others? Or, you know, was this something that, you know, your parents just said, like, you just have to be, you know, always strive to be better? Well, you've got Asian parents, right? Yeah. Do you ever man. see them get together and compare about the SAT scores and things like that? <laughs> Did you play the All piano the or violin? Something like that? <laughs> 
<laughs> definitely. Yep. That's just, so definitely there's that, yeah. there's the stereotypical competitive Asian streak, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to be different than that Asian kid who played the piano and became a math person. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to do non-Asian things. I wanted to not just be someone who studied all the time. And thus I thought, well, I'm not exactly tall and gifted. So maybe I could be a cross country athlete. That's how I could be an athlete. And so I, I worked out. I studied like a good Asian kid did on human physiology, how the body processes oxygen and gets smart, you know, stronger and how you're able to get more endurance and the different ways that you cycle through the three different levels of cardiovascular and muscular systems you know, how the mitochondria processes energy, converting ATP down to ADP with the triphosphate band, things like that. I wanted to learn as an athlete, not just someone who's going to run harder, but who's actually very intelligent about how the body functions. And thus, my competition was not through necessarily working harder or being luckier, but surrounding myself with mentors and putting in the studying beforehand. How many times, Brian, do you know of something that you want to be good at, or you see someone who wants to be good at something and they don't Mm -hmm. actually put in the time to study the craft before they jump into playing golf or jump into barbecuing chicken or jump into like whatever it is they want to get good at or interviewing other people who are top in the space before Mm -hmm. jumping in and trying to become an accountant. Well, why don't you interview who the best accountants are? Why don't you read their autobiographies? Why don't you understand how they live and feel and think? Mm. Definitely. Wow. So it sounds like it's very methodical, like your process. Well, we call it learn, do, teach. And after 20 some years and lots and lots of books, the idea is that you want to learn from a primary source. Primary source is someone who's done it, not an opinion that you heard from someone else, not a biography, but an autobiography directly from the people who are teaching it. And the beauty is you can reach all these people nowadays on social media. You know, 20 years ago, I didn't have the benefit that you do and the other young adults have by, I can just follow these people directly. I can see what they're doing. They're taking pictures on Instagram. They're writing blog posts or whatever they're doing, right? I can follow them and learn directly from them. Then do, I, you know, monkey see, monkey do. If I see Grant Cardone and he's making videos in a certain way to build his brand to be the number one social media influencer, I'm going to try to copy those same techniques, like one minute videos, right? And then teach. When I've done something three times in a row successfully, and I can then write it down. I can then teach other people how to do it. I can then do a podcast. I can then hands-on demonstrate. There's many ways that people can learn. And the idea of learn, do, and teach is that I'm not going to go straight into teaching unless I have the background of learning and doing. My friend Victoria is a Reiki master. Now, she wouldn't be able to go out and do teaching and coaching unless she had that experience and knowledge from someone else who was her master as part of an organization, as part of things that you need to become certified and be legitimate in a particular field. It's called pain and scars. The more you learn, the more you realize, right? That the body of knowledge that we have, when you see me putting content out there, it's not because I wanted to be a teacher. It's not because not I wanted to have online courses. It's because I knew that teaching was the only way I'd be able to help people at a larger scale. And if mm. I didn't have the experience, I wouldn't be able to teach. Right. So, I mean, Dennis, uh, this sounds so different from like when you were, you know, 
young and you wanted to be an athlete, like how did that transition? Well, you get beat down a few times. It's called experience or pain or <laughs> scars when you make mm -hmm. enough mistakes. I've made so many multi-million dollar mistakes. When I first started American Airlines, I launched that website and we had $3 million of advertising and I blew it. And it was scheduled to be, well, we actually spent the money. USA Today, I want to say New York Times, Wall Street Journal, launching AA.com, this new website. You come and book tickets and all that. Guess what happened on the day that all those ads ran in the newspapers? The website didn't work. Well, guess whose fault that was, right? <laughs> so I've had a lot of mistakes and I've, I've learned that there's just no shortcut to becoming an expert. You have to actually learn this stuff. And the more you see, it could be like Ty Lopez's or Dan Henry's or whoever, they promise a shortcut that you don't have to work very hard and you can become famous. Even Dylan Collins, who's famous on social media, he had to make lots and lots of videos. He didn't just make one video and become famous. It's taken him many years. And look at anyone who's successful, Brian. How many years does it take? How many months or days does it take? It doesn't take days and months. It takes years. Zuckerberg took 10 years before Facebook became popular. The CTO of, of Facebook, they asked him, so what's it like being an overnight success? And he says, well, if you called 10 years overnight, then yeah, it's a lot of hard work. Mm. So Dennis, personally for you, like how long did it take for you to see some traction? 20 years. 20 years. Wow. That's crazy. Not very, success, yeah. not very sexy to say that, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's the truth, right? Look at the network. Mm. If you look mm. up at the network I have, most of the people in my network are 10 years plus. It takes mm. years, Brian, to build a network of trust. You don't just mm -hmm. meet somebody at a party somewhere and then decide, oh, we're going to do a, a joint venture or partnership. The business that we're doing now are from mm -hmm. people where I planted that seed years ago. Mm. Mm -hmm. So for uh, people who are starting out, you know, like who are in your position, your shoes, maybe 20 years ago, what, what kind of advice would you give to them? Get really good at one thing and study the people who are really good at it. Find them on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, consume all their stuff, buy their books. Don't just reach out to them right away. Demonstrate that you're a student of that particular craft before you go out trying to teach and trying to sell services because then you become a witch doctor and you motivate yourself, yet you're going to just kill more patients, right? There's one friend, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he, he goes live on Facebook every day saying, are you a real estate agent wanting to make more money, but you're disappointed that you're not generating enough leads using social media. What if I told you that I had a secret seven tip way on how you could be generating leads for less than a dollar, put in your email right now and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he does that every day and he gets shot down because he'll eventually get on calls with these real estate agents and they're like, okay, great. I signed up. I'm interested. He's like, okay, now pay me all this money. Sometimes people will pay him the money. But most of the time, they're like, okay, have you ever done this before? Um, no, I haven't. Okay, how do I know your, your stuff's going to work? Well, you'll just have to test it and try it. Okay, have you, can you explain like why you have any sort of authority or proof that you can do this? Do you have a process you can share? Do you have something? And he doesn't have any of it. And then he gets, de gets dejected. And what does he do? 
he listens to motivational speaker stuff to get himself pumped up, pumped up, all optimistic. Mm. And then the next day he's like, hey, are you a real estate agent trying to drive leads on social media? Let me tell you about a secret tip where, you know, Man. for only $997, I'm going to, yeah. And then, then he gets shot down again. Then he pumps himself up because, you know, if you have enough motivational stuff, then you can just, you know, the, all these other people are haters. You just need to be optimistic and believe in yourself. Well, that's someone who's violated learn, do, teach. He's gone straight into teaching without learning and doing first. And you want to learn from someone who's done it before. Mm, okay. So Dennis, how long do you think those, um, those stages are, you know, that learn, do, teach, like how long is each stage you think? It's not how long it is. It's how much effort's required to become expert in a particular area. So if you want okay. to be expert at Facebook ads, you could get there in 12 months. If mm. you want to be an expert heart surgeon, probably going to take a little mm. longer than that. Yeah. Hmm. I see. So Dennis, what was, can you walk us through like, what was your first online product? Well, it depends on how online. you define an online product. I've mm -hmm. always offered services and I believe okay. for anything that's a digital product, you have to offer the service component first. You have a lot okay. of people who think, well, I'm just going to launch some, especially some smart engineers. I'm going to launch some amazing software tool or product because it's automated. I'm going to code the thing and then I'm going to get a million people to pay me $10 a month and now I'm making lots of money. And the reality is it doesn't work that way. For example, we have a dashboard that Nike has paid us over a million dollars to do social analytics. Pretty cool. But do you think Nike would just pay any random person a million dollars to build a dashboard? Prior to that, we had to actually build our reports manually. I had to personally go in and do analysis against their log files, against data that's coming in from these different tools, against what people are doing in the different Nike towns and what people are buying and how much traffic there is on Twitter for all their 2,400 properties that they have. Basketball, LeBron James, Nike sport, you know, football, golf, baseball, all the different, all the web properties, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I had to personally do all that work. And I had to do the initial part for free to be able to show. I had to go to, I, had to fl I flew into Nike multiple times into Portland and had meetings with their different people to demonstrate that expertise, to do a little bit of free work here and there. And then we got a small deal and the small deal became a bigger deal. And we, as we started to show from a services standpoint that we could provide value, eventually they said, you know, we would like to engage with you on your platform and on the software that you've built. And anyone who wants to have a product, I believe, has to start with services because it's easy to do consulting first. It's way easier to start with consulting. Consulting could be coaching. It could be implementing Facebook ads. That's something that we teach a lot of young adults how to do. You want to start a business? Learn how to do Facebook ads in our program. Then you can start doing it following our checklist, which are recipes. And you can make clients happy. And when you have one cl happy client, you can start to get five more of the same kind of client. Hmm. I see. Dennis, when did you decide to uh, hone your skill in Facebook and sort of establish yourself as an authority on Facebook? Oh, I never said I was an authority, but we've spent a lot of money on this. And we found that for local businesses, meaning mm -hmm. service businesses like plumbers, dentists, doctors, chiropractors, personal injury attorneys, they are doing a horrible job in establishing a personal brand. Not because they want to be known as a stage speaker, but because if you're going to choose a particular chiropractor, you want one that you feel like you know who they are. 
you want one where you have similar values and teaching these local business owners how to do this is where I find Facebook has a particular advantage because that's where consumers are and it's a great way to build that relationship prior to someone going onto Google and teaching or going to Google and searching for, you know, back pain or searching for broken toilet, you know, for a plumber. You want to build that relationship before they have that problem and then go search for Google for, you know, someone who will fix your, you know, carburetor or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Dennis, what was the, what was the first uh, service business that you had then? I've had blitz all along in different formats, but might be 15 years. 15 years. Oh, damn. What did it look like in the beginning? It was running local ads largely through mm. Google because Facebook really mm. wasn't around, but we've shifted more to Facebook. But, you know, I ran analytics at a search engine 20 years ago, so I still have a spot in my heart for search engines. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I mean, during that time, was it, you said it took you a long time to sort of build to where you are now, but during that time when you started, was it super difficult or was it easy to get clients? Oh, it was easy to get clients. I ran analytics of our search engine. A lot of people knew who I was. It's a lot easier to start from a position of authority where people know who you are than to go out there and try to get people to buy from you. Right. People know who you are, they're not going to buy from you. Mm -hmm. I see. So, I mean, what did a day-to-day look like um, at those times? Learning, doing, and teaching. I was working 16 hours a day, allocating my time into those three. When you start a business, that's kind of what it, it takes in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You, you really are a machine, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work as hard as I used to. The younger dentist could kick the crap out of the current dentist, but the, really? the current dentist is a lot smarter. Mm. And so like how, how many hours do you work today in comparison? Maybe eight. Mm. Wow, man. You have your hours. Yeah. I'm working half time. Hmm. So uh, is, there, is there like one book that made the, the biggest impact for you and your business? I would say if anyone wants to learn how to systematize their business, they should get Principles by Ray Dalio. It is incredible. Ray Dalio started the world's largest hedge fund, Bridgewater. But it's not because he's rich. It's because he teaches you how to think objectively. Most people, they think emotionally, and it flavors their ability to make a smart decision. When you have emotion, you cannot make a clear, objective, smart, profitable decision. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. So, Dennis, you, you talk a lot about like mentors, you know, finding mentors and making sure you're learning from the people who are doing it. Um, what were your personal mentors? Oh, I've had many. I have them in different categories. I have some mentors I use to help me figure out what the questions are and I have other mentors that help me answer the questions. But probably my favorite was Al Casey, who was the CEO of American Airlines. And he did so much for me and believed in me when I didn't have anything and there was nothing I really could have done for him because he was already very successful. He was the postmaster general. He ran American Airlines. He ran the LA Times. I mean, the guy has an incredible career. I walk into his office and I see pictures of him with former presidents of the United States. Wow. That's just like, wow, I'm nobody. Why would, how could I hang out with someone like that? But you know, you'll find people like that. If you are respectful, if you understand their content, if you make sure to respect their time, 
And mm-hmm. people who are at that level love to give back. Mm-hmm. And I felt that Al Casey kind of adopted me as like a son in a way. And that meant so wow. much. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, not a lot of people get that sort of opportunity, right? Maybe. Well, there's not that many people actually asking, not that many people trying. So it's not mm. for a lack of opportunity. It's for them just mm. not trying. So were you like reaching out to a lot of people actively, like trying to find a mentor? No, he kind of found me. I didn't know any better back then. Right. <laughs> and what do you think about like uh, programs, you know, masterminds or events? Like, do they have a lot of value? Masterminds are a great way to meet people who are pre-qualified. So if you go to a $25,000 mastermind, and I've been to a lot of them, you got to pay 25 grand to get in. Mm -hmm. Think about the quality of the networking you're going to have. It's not just some random person off the street. If someone had to pay 25K to come in, even if you don't know about their business, it's probably going to be a worthwhile conversation. I'm not saying if you, you know, like put everything on your credit card or whatever to try to get into a mastermind, but people who are Mm -hmm. successful know that it's largely through the relationships they have not their knowledge or mm. hard work. Mm-hmm. All right. Dennis, uh, so what are you sort of working on today? Like what are the big problems that you guys are ta- tackling right now? We see education as a big issue. Mm-hmm. Not that there's something wrong with the secondary, post-secondary education system, but the bridging between that and jobs to create vocational education is largely missing. And thus we're putting out training, as you see on team blitznation.com. Mm-hmm. There's training we have on Fiverr for building your personal brand. And these are great ways for entrepreneurs, freelancers, people that want to start their agency to be able to grow. And they can do it while they are driving for Uber or what have you. Mm. That's great. Man, what, what sort of uh, drives you? I know you have that incredible work ethic, but is there a why that drives you to do what I you do? I love to see other people succeed. I like to see people start their businesses to gain a skill and to be able to make money off of it. I've been tutoring for over 30 years, not because of the money, but because I loved seeing the light bulb go off when someone learned how to do something, how to factor an equation and they could go in and not fail the exam. I've found that to be very meaningful. And because of what Al Casey's done for me, I want to pass on that kind of mentorship at a larger scale. Mm, Sort of paying it forward. Let's see. Awesome. man. Man, so do you, have a, do you have a vision for five to 10 years from now? I want to be doing the same thing, except I want other people, maybe like you, passing forward what you know how to do called learn, do, teach. What have you learned how to do, Brian? Who are the people in your network? How do you uplift them? The things that you've learned from them, you want to share that broadly. Otherwise, that would be selfish of you because they're investing in you and this is how you pay it back. That's how mentorship works versus consulting. If you didn't have time to take notes for this episode, get your full text summary, notes, and links along with all of the top tips from this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com slash podcast.